up, everybody? It's Left Look on July the 9th. It's me, Julian, hanging out with my two best friends, Jacob. Hello, brother Julian. And DJ. Howdy, partner. And it's Left Look. Let's fucking get this over with. This is the premier independent podcast from the Gatou Institute, where we'll be taking a look at Canadian and international arts, culture, and entertainment to provide you with an unbiased left-wing perspective. Voici le podcast independent par excellence de l'Institut Gatou, où nous examinerons les arts, la culture, et le divertissement canadien et international pour vous offrir une perspective impartiale de gauche. Hmm. Boom. Dang. Get it over Under with. Are minute. you getting done with that bit? Is that what you're saying? No, I just, I know we have a lot to talk about this week. We all put stuff in the group chat, I think, so. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, I was hoping that we would start with uh, DJ's article, which is entitled something like To Root Out Scumbags. And uh, we will do this article first because it fits ne- neatly into our weekly e- segment uh, called, oh. it's in the Snapchat, you'll find it. Uh, e- the, uh, it fits into our weekly segment called Jacob's Apologies, right? Because a number of weeks ago, I said that I was trying to unionize my workforce at the place I was at, and I have to apologize to the audience and say that I failed and I uh, was unable to do that. The, uh, the gist of it is that they use temp agencies uh, to create precarious work for all the workers there and then leverage that precarious work to uh, harass the workforce so that they can't unionize. And so yeah. what I did, tried to do was get hired so that I can unionize the core of the workforce that works directly for the company, and then eventually everyone else would get unionized. And I was unable to get hired on, and so I quit. And I, uh, I apologize deeply to the audience, but take it away, DJ. Yeah, um, see, uh, Erm, uh, here's the problem. Uh, you don't have it. Uh, well, I... <laughs> I, I, I very much did not read it very carefully because it was mostly just for you. Oh, uh. well, there's, uh, <laughs> it's just a quick bit and it fits into my thank you. Uh, sorry, my apology bit. So I'll just say that the Ontario government has uh, decided to start licensing these, uh, these temp agencies. And mm-hmm. I read the whole article. The, uh, the language of the minister in charge, I'm unsure who's uh, in charge of this. doesn't matter. It's the fucking liberals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they went. They went unnamed. They. Uh, it's actually the conservatives. Oh, was it? Well, either way. Yeah, it's the it's the Ontario government. Oh, right, duh. Um, they are fucking neoliberals, anyways. Um, <laughs> yep, they're all the same. True. They're all scum in my eyes. But they said something to the effect of like uh, a lot of these companies are legit, right? And they use this for uh, areas of industry that have. Uh, precarious needs and needs special influx of workers all the time, but that some bad actors have decided to use this to create uh, a work environment that is uh, not conducive to democratic rights and all that shit, right? Like that they're, (laughs) but uh, the point is uh, of the bit and bringing up the article at all is that any uh, allowance of these temp agencies and the disruption of master servant relationships upon which all labor law is built is to, uh, harass and uh, keep workers from uh, utilizing their rights or uh, organizing in any way. And that is directly against labor law, that you are not allowed to prevent or harass or retaliate against any worker who is uh, 
trying to effectively start a union. And it's just a joke. It's a joke to all the workers in Ontario, too, because while I was working at this place, they would all get really quiet whenever I brought up the union and said, well, we should unionize or something like that to that effect. And they would all say, you better watch how, where you say that. They will fire you instantly if they hear you talking like that, right? And for the whole workforce to just have that understanding that that's what they do, right? And that the government goes, oh, they can't do that. And if they do, we'll have to prove that they did that. And then maybe they'll catch a fine, right? The direct <laughs> contempt that some of these corporations, all corporations, have for the rule of law and the courts in particularly, it, how can you be a judge in this country, know that these you know, misers, these fucking, uh, what's it called, Dickens uh, novel characters, these Scrooges, right, are screwing you boldface in broad daylight, right, making your words seem unreasonable and stupid, and you just sit there and take it, the Judiciary of Canada? That's why I'm always in contempt of court, because court is contemptuous, right? <laughs> It's uh, money is the real judge at the end of the day, and uh, yeah, yeah, good, good opening rant too, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Well, <laughs> it was ba on the back of my apology of my deep failure. I've, uh, <laughs> I'm, I have a, a backup plan. Um, there was a kid there who was my immediate supervisor. He's like uh -huh. 24. Uh, won't reveal his name, but uh, he was always Napo baby. What? Nepo baby? No, no, he he's a very poor working class kid, but he was sharp as a tack, like witty quick, and then he was pretty mm. knowledgeable too, right? He said he wanted to go to school, but it just looked like it just wasn't in the financial cards for him, but based on what I could tell. Mm. And he was my pick uh, to once I had unionized that place that he could be their union steward or union rep or whatever, right? Because he, uh, mm. the wittiness and the quickness and the, uh, the ability to manage people that he had already proven is all three of it, right? That you just need to be strong and you need to be able to stick up for people and you need to be able to read a little bit from time to time. And uh, so what I'm going to do is uh, he, I see him walking around town all the time is I'm going to pick him up from work one day and I'm going to give him the union cards. I'm going to say, you can do this. He was in on my plan, this guy, and he wanted to help. <laughs> He's a socialist. Mm -hmm. He admits to me. And uh, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to say, Hey man, uh, uh, we can get you a job somewhere else in the city, a good union job if they fire you for this, right? But like the way that they treat those people there is so disgusting that I would like to do violent acts over it. Like it's so repellent to a, a harmonious society. You should, man. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> inevitably, it'll happen whether we want it to or not. It won't inevitably, but it it probably will, right? It's a pressure cooker and the... The governing bodies of Ontario just ignore it because we live in a time of such uh, productive technology and extreme concentrations of wealth that they are able to ignore it because any upsurge of violence that they will have the uh, monopoly on, that they can uh, crack down on it, keep it from spreading as news. It's so bad there. One of the sister plants, uh, I think they operate in Tilsonburg, doesn't matter. Um, they... Uh, they had someone die while I was working there. They were crushed by a uh, a roll of steel. You know what I'm talking about? Damn. Mm -hmm. That's how they make. Uh, that's how they stamp steel things. They have like a, a fruit roll up of steel, and he yeah. was mm -hmm. absolutely squished. Immediate death, and the family was offered hundred and forty thousand dollars for that. Death. Austin Austin Power style. Yeah, 
like a hundred a hundred thousand dollars uh, for what is negligent action on their part. They they knowingly suppress the union, which knowingly uh, suppresses uh, worker safety. Which knowingly, 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 people should be going to jail, right? People should be mm-hmm. dispossessed of all they have. You know, it's funny because I'm reminded of when I used to work in a warehouse. A unionized warehouse, mind you. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things is there would be a big TV in the foyer that would have on repeat these catastrophic safety infractions yeah. from warehouses or uh, line work facilities internationally. And most of them you could tell, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know. This place might be in China. This place might be in Mexico. This place might be in who knows where, Central America, Brazil. South America. Brazil has a lot of fucking accents. It was always very apparent it wasn't European yeah. or North American. Just because, I don't know, there would be little, there would be little, like, information bars, you know? Like, oh, this was taken from a news clip from a different country or something, mm-hmm. right? Where you could see, like, the, the status of the camera was in a different language. And, um, yeah, it was always painted as, like, this doesn't happen here. Because we do the, well, yeah. Because, because like, we follow the basic guidelines of health and safety work. That's how alien don't, it is. To don't me. let this happen here. That how, that's how alien it is to me, too, right? That when I heard about it, and it sounded like it had to be in some far-off place of barbarism, right? Like, not to sound mm-hmm. too racist or imperial, but, like, that's how it felt to me. Like, that there was uh, a death, a, a, an industrial death, and we just wash over that. That's nothing. That's nuts mm-hmm. to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's painted as like, oh, th- this couldn't happen in Canada. But hey, guess what? The corruption's here too. Mm. We're no better than any other place just because we have the laws in place that make it, you know, there's a mask that says we do. Mm. <laughs> Business isn't yes. actually, they're peering through the mask. They're not wearing it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, shout out to that poor kid in Wisconsin that was uh, killed in a industrial accident as well, like a 16-year-old in a sawmill. Uh, where was yeah. this? Grizzly stuff. Uh, Wisconsin, I believe. Oh, the, I'm shooting uh, from the hip here. That's okay. The uh, speaking of that, the violations around kids working in America right now. Mm-hmm. That that is three or four uh, parts chapters of the industrial. It waves. That's the way they use it. It was the uh. first wave of the industrial revolution in the 1830s. That's when society got so outraged about children worker, child workers that they outlawed it completely. 170 years ago, right? <laughs> Bef- before Queen Victoria took the uh, took the throne is when we settled uh-huh. that shit. And that the Americans just seemed nonplussed that there's just children working in slaughterhouses till 2 a.m. all over the places. Like, yeah, there should be, you know, sirens going off. Mm-hmm. There should be people on the news talking about this 24-7. There should be people lobbying and rallying there, and protesting. There should be uh, executives of Tyson, the, the greatest uh, meat manufacturer in the States, being on the stand sobbing about how they're going to be put away for 30, 40 years, right, and never see their families again. And that should be the greatest entertainment that I have all week, right? <laughs> yes. But... Everyone's sitting around instead because, mm-hmm. eh, my job, see, I'm tired. You see those yeah. uh, videos online of judges laying into petty, petty criminals, you know, like people who just don't understand what they're doing, right? Like they're just absolutely zonked. They've been, they've been raised so uh, impoverished and in such uh, levels of desperation that 
whatever crime, and even the heinous, heinous crimes too, right? Like there's one that sticks out in my mind where a judge was laying into somebody who uh, killed their baby, right? It's like, how can you muster that, um, yeah. that, that zeal, right? That, uh, that, I don't know how to describe it, that hatred. Vigor. Vigor. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way to, uh, for, you know, people who are, you should have a very detached view of that, that it sucks that uh, our society is so imperfect that we have things like that that happens, right? But to be like, I hope you die under the jail or whatever for those people when they're not making decisions, right? But whereas these executives, right, who have been raised in wealth and educated to the fullest extent and have never faced a day of struggle, and then they're still with their greed or choosing this violence, there's no rage for them. There's no set-aside disgust for them. Yeah. It's hard to be disgust when uh, they're writing your checks. Yeah. Yep. You get too disgusted and, oh, oh, a zero's missing. Hmm. Can't afford my 18 bottles of champagne this month. <laughs> there was a there was a case that uh, reminds me of that that the I think it was the uh, government in New Brunswick or Newfoundland or something like that. They tried to uh, give the judges a pay freeze, and the judges ruled that unconstitutional. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> yeah, we're independent. We uh, <laughs> that's yeah. I love that shit. And um, this this does kind of segue nicely into that article that I shared that yeah. I didn't fully read in advance, but will now read chunks of. Oh, hoc. well, the counterinsurgency one, right? Yes. Where is this focused, this doctrine, before you get into it? Actually, go ahead and get into it. I'll ask my questions as we go. All right, yeah. The, uh, this is from The Maple, who I've never heard of, but I, I trust them Hell so yeah. far. Canada's counterinsurgency doctrine is up for review. It warns about labor unrest. And <gasps> the first picture here is a bunch of soldiers walking around on the side of the road. The document warns about passive forms of protest and labor disobedience alongside terrorism as examples of insurgent strategies. And the Canadian military's 15-year-old counterinsurgency doctrine, which is up for review this year, includes a, uh, long paragraphs about... They need to be on the lookout for strikes and absenteeism and to screen for disloyal workers among labor pools during insurgency operations. Uh-oh. More broadly, it warns about armed uprisings drawing on support from disaffected and unemployed people across the world. Oh? Yeah, I'm would, very confused. That? I'm very confused about where they mean that this... Uh, this doctrine is meant to apply. Insurgency makes me think that it should apply to mostly like the wars in Afghanistan that we were involved uh-huh. in, right? But that is not how it, it's phrased. Basically, no. every every time that they talk about it, they make it seem like the war game is only in Canada, right? That yeah. only, only agents here that are, uh, what's it called, uh, cooperating with outside foreign agents uh, are the threat. That's nuts, right? Like, oh, here. This paragraph might answer it. Uh, The Canadian Armed Forces 250-page document was first drafted in 2008 with the expectation that future operations would likely involve wars against insurgencies at home and abroad. Yeah. Warns about passive forms of protest and labor disobedience. Yeah. Incredible. What a a beautiful phrase. Yeah. Labor disobedience. To have that lumped in with terrorism. Passive mm -hmm. resistance now is lumped in with terrorism, right? Sidians. And things like that. The uh, 
that just goes to show a, a bit that I've been working up. I'm going to do it in a few weeks. But the Canadian Constitution is a fucking disgusting joke, right? Like, it should... <laughs> It, uh, the 1982 Act, Constitution Act is the one I'm talking about. Like, where are your rights to uh, creed, right? There's a there's a case. I call it the Kirpan case. I can't remember what uh, what the fucking name of the case is. I, I struggle with names of cases. I just remember what they're about. Uh, mm. But anyways, the in the Sikh religion, you're supposed to have a knife as you're going through their puberty ritual that you keep on your hip, right? And the right. Canadian uh, Supreme Court went to fucking bat for these people and their right to carry weapons into public schools, right? Because of their uh, right to religion, right? And I just always use that as the example of, uh, you know, when the religious are uh, trying to assert their rights, you know, all power to you, right? But you want any right that has to do with your economic or political freedom or your right (laughs) to be a social organizer, literally get fucked is what the opinion of Canada, right? It's like, we hunt you for sport, but other than that, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. yeah, no, great parallel to the United States too, where you have a, you have so many weapons available to you and the right to operate any of them. Mm-hmm. But if you think or act politically or economically, you're fucking going straight to jail. Yeah, it... no dissidents, but you can still kill each other. Yeah. That's <laughs> Insurgent forces, according to the document, seek to use social grievances to. Uh, to undermine the authority and legitimacy of official government and supporting forces. Document characterizes fights against insurgents as hinging on a a battle of wills. Yeah, they're Mm. they're not doing it out of economic desperation. They're doing it uh, because they have a will to. They have goodwill. They're doing this for their community. Listen to what they're afraid of at the end. According to NATO's report, future economic uh, crises or outbreaks of violence where there are stark disparities of wealth or access to resources are likely to develop into economic or commercial insurgencies. NATO's report claims that hybridized urban Maoist guerrilla warfare. So <laughs> that's what the, yeah, that's the term okay. that they're afraid of. I don't know they're, if I see that in the cards. <laughs> they're afraid of Maoist militias in America and <laughs> Canada, right? That's what the fuck goes on through these people's heads right is that like, just what they mean by a strike is that a maoist insurgency yeah uh, an insert i don't even know if they know what they mean by maoist i think they just mean the people like uh, uh, and guerrilla wave attacks and things like that they're just yeah. racist right because there's no way anybody there has read a significant portion of mao right i mean uh i don't think they need to they're just using it as a scare tactic, yeah as a you know it sounds spooky it is a scary word i guess right but like what the fuck? The oh, how many Maoists do you think there are in Canada? Like ten, <laughs> four. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just so weird, right? Even us, right? All, all of us are uh, avowed socialists, and none of us would ever be uh, take Maoism seriously, right? Like we're just like, ah, eh, that's that's kind of messed up. Those twentieth century attempts at socialism, right? We've moved beyond that pretty significantly, even though yeah. they achieved great things right like despite all the yeah. negative propaganda against them they lifted 600 million people out of poverty and still we think we're too good for them right like <laughs> yeah, and yet lots to learn and appreciate there but that moment's passed in history now for sure and yet we're still being painted with that fucking old historical brush it's <laughs> it, i hate it i hate it oh here's a good one passive sabotage is generally aimed at uh, causing disorder and disruption by deliberate error 
contrived accident, absenteeism, or strikes. The target can be industry, public services, supplies, or troops, where action yeah. is usually planned on a wide scale. The, this is their uh, uh, the Canadian military's interpretation of uh, quiet quitting, and the, its newest <laughs> the uh, the me, uh, what's it called the mainstream media and their propaganda effort saw that quiet quitting was not uh, grabbing a hold of anybody, and so I've yeah. seen a new term called grumpy staying. <laughs> that's what they're describing, basically. Just like a disgruntled worker who doesn't want to give it 110%. And they're describing yeah. that as terroristic, right? Yeah. Oh, nobody yeah. can afford a home. They don't work. They don't want to work. That's crazy. I'm not kidding. Whoever wrote this document, and it's it's a Canadian officer, right? They have rank, a colonel, a major. I'm sure it was a committee of them, in fact. Mm-hmm. They all need to be thrummed out, dishonorably discharged, right? Like, <laughs> that's disgusting. Uh, encountering such method, oh here let's let's hear the counters. Encountering such methods, the document advises that military forces should be on the lookout for insurgent infiltration of labor, capital mm. L labor. <gasps> In addition to having security forces living amongst the population, the purpose of enhancing the intelligence network, the document recommends that potential hires for work on ports, roads, railways, and other government choke points be vetted extensively in order to block disloyal elements disloyal yeah yeah for me uh loyalty is a word that i love right because i've considered myself extremely loyal right but loyalty the only way you could be disloyal basically is to take up arms against the state to overthrow it right and that's why i love the word loyalty it includes so much freedom in it right it doesn't really mean a whole lot but their <laughs> use their use of it is just like Basically, you look at us wrong, and we're gonna fuck you up, right? Like, yeah. The, uh, we gotta be engaged. Go ahead. <laughs> if you don't do your closing duties at the Arby's, we're gonna arrest you for terrorism. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> the Arby's must be open at eleven a.m. <laughs> sharp. The. Uh, it reminds me that, like, as socialists, we should be engaging in the war of words more. Uh, ardently like whenever i hear that canada is a free nation i should uh, have the will to stick up and be like no it's not right that <laughs> the left is uh, actively repressed and in america too the uh did you all see that the governor or sorry not the governor one of the senators of florida uh put out a statement warning all socialists and leftists not to come to uh oh, yeah and then the NAACP said uh something similar to black people that it's not safe to go to florida right yeah and it's well, the feds racially... too passed a... Yeah, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, you <laughs> The feds well, passed that resolution, like officially denouncing socialism and communism or something. Yeah. Just a right? fucking nothing burger of a bill. Yeah, we uh, absolutely denounce a, a totally valid political ideology, right? Like, if it's truly a free nation, why don't we get to have the debate, right? Yeah. And even it, because the debate is scary and will take away our money. Yeah. They'll lose, yeah. They would lose. They would lose badly bigly um but the uh even in the things that don't matter you can see the official repression of our political uh ideology and i I saw this uh in uh on an online dating app called bumble recently and uh for a long time they uh there was a there's a bunch of options you can put in to tell you about yourself and they're multiple choice right and for a long time religion was only like three options it was like muslim hindu uh jew and christian and uh atheist and agnostic six right uh Uh, recently they've uh updated it 
And now you can be uh, Buddhist, Catholic, Christian, Hindu, Mormon, Latter-day Saint, Zoroastrian. How many (laughs) Zoroastrians you ever met, right? And yet you go to the political leanings and here are your options. Apolitical, moderate, liberal, and conservative. Four. That's it. (laughs) That's it, and they're all the same thing, too. Yeah, yeah. No, no, those are the those are the four quadrants. Are you neo? <laughs> the four quadrants of the political compass, right? It's like, are you neoliberal, or do you want to just put your apolitical? <laughs> like, yeah. It, why can't we have a, a list like that? Like, uh, I don't know, um, monarchist fascist, uh, a Trotskyite syndicalist. Uh, like, why can't you have the breadth of the political spectrum there? doesn't have to be that involved either right just put like a uh, democratic socialist uh, social democrat just all the way from left yeah. to right like that would scare people off though that would terrify the moderates you know what it would do is it would uh prevent conservative men from dating easily because mm-hmm. anyone who identifies as basically conservative or to the right of that will never get chicks basically is what i'm gonna go with they... yeah that would be ideal if you put on the dating app something that they can Google and then what they go to that link, it, there's like a big section about women hating and uh, the patriarchy. They got to be like, uh, Meh, yellow flag. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely a step up from a beige flag, right? Yeah. Like it's got to be worse than that. Yeah. But I thought a beige flag is a green flag. You don't want to admit is a green flag. No, beige flag is like kind of, kind of sus. Mm. Are these the kind of sus, but not a deal breaker. Are these the prison handkerchief uh, system thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've, um, I've lost track of what we're talking about. No big, no big. Um, anyways, what you were describing, Julian? Yeah. Uh, basically, sounds like they want a police state. Yeah. Which is which is scary. I did get a little um, further down into the justification. It's because uh, foreign intelligence agencies might infiltrate our labor movement. Yeah. Because uh, no good Canadian would want to improve their economic standing. Why would they do mm-hmm. that? Why? Well, yeah, why would? Why are we? How? Are, how dare we not be content with our current? Yeah. <laughs> insufferable existence. I, uh, uh-huh. I think we we shouldn't straw man them. Take them. Take the. Uh, take that uh, argument at the extreme value, right? Even if there oh, were yeah. China, even if there was Chinese. Uh, what's it called central intelligence agents basically running amok mm-hmm. and trying to promote like our version of the the democratic socialists or something the most left-wing group that they think that they can push forward right uh-huh. right what is the violation of law with that and if there is a violation of law how does it not apply to every member of the conservative <laughs> and the liberal caucuses right who are yeah. traitors right who serve at the whim of the american empire right how many of mm-hmm. name me one conservative member of uh, provincial parliament or parliament that hasn't been vetted by the CIA, right? Who hasn't been given the okay already? Mm, yeah, the, uh, uh, I have been. <laughs> at least, uh, at least, oh, if they lucky. could actually rely on that we're a sovereign nation and that we have to protect ourselves, that they could say that you know foreign agents need to be uh, protected against, right? But we're not mm-hmm. sovereign. We are a possession of the Americans, and therefore any attempt to uh, you know protect ourselves from political uh, influence only benefits the Americans who have been officially recognized as our you know master, basically. Yeah, it sounds like this this whole procedure this whole thing is just using a lot of double speak to oh yeah get people riled up to get people scared it's china china it doesn't make me scared it makes me enraged right it oh, 
I said I wasn't going to uh, do anything that would get this show flagged anymore, but fuck. I've already called for violence. It's fine, man. Yeah, you did encourage <laughs> me to do that, didn't you? <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it's just nuts. And there's no recourse, right? Like, what am I supposed to do? Try and educate millions of people on this technical violation of the Constitution, <laughs> right? I mean, you'd like to, right? That would be great, but yeah. good luck. Yeah. Sorry, that is that would be a noble undertaking. I'm just laughing because that'd be that's the hardest fucking thing I've ever heard anybody contemplate doing. Yeah, and it's impossible, right? There's actually no point to attempting it, and there shouldn't. There should be no need to, right? Democracy shouldn't mean that everybody has to be a policy expert, right? They should be represented and have their best interests represented under pain of imprisonment. You know what I mean? Uh Mm -hmm. And the. yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but the uh, <laughs> we're, we're just never going to get anything done because it, it is so highfalutin. They do mask themselves in such language that does allow them escape. That, mm-hmm. And it's just so obvious, right, that they're just so brazen about it. And that if we ever tried anything that was approaching that kind of tongue-in-cheek uh, official statement, we'd be locked up. We just would be, right? Like, we uh, we don't denounce the Canadian government, but we do think that every citizen has the right to organize as they see fit, right? And then we're arrested under terrorism charges under their pocket. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. yeah. I'm just waiting for the day when... I'm standing outside like a, like a dilapidated Zellers, one of the one of the Zellers they brought back, but it's failed a second time. And I'm just standing there, kind of like I don't know, waiting for a bus or something. Yeah. And uh, just like some somebody walks up to me, and they go, "Oh, hey, aren't you this guy from that podcast?" Yeah. And I'll kind of squint a little bit and go, "Yeah, I guess." And they'll go, "You're fucking loitering, bitch!" And they just disintegrate me right there. Yeah, loitering. <laughs> Loitering is a is a great one. It's one of those crimes that just makes no sense to me. Is it public land or not? Is he allowed to be there or not, basically, right? Is the person just vibing a danger to society? Exactly. There was a, I generally no. I love these YouTube uh subgenre called First Amendment audits, and these dudes will just go around and film and then they get confronted by the police over and over again. Just a couple days ago, uh, one of my favorites, because he's a, he's a veteran, and he's very soft-spoken, right? Like, very, very soft-spoken, so that when you try and show anybody, he's obviously in the moral right, right? Because of the way he affects, <laughs> yeah. right? And um, anyways, he goes to Georgia, right? And he's standing in front of a Vietnam War memorial on a sidewalk, mm-hmm. And uh, holding a cardboard sign that says, God bless the homeless veterans, right? Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they come up to him and say, oh, you're fine to do that. You can't do this. You can't do that, right? Uh, but you're, you're fine to be here. And then they said, as long as you're not uh, panhandling, though, right? And panhandling is uh, asking for money. Is Yeah. Right. It's protected free speech. It's uh, what's it called an ask for charitable donations, right? If you're allowed mm-hmm. to ask corporations for charitable donations, but citizens aren't on the street aren't allowed to ask for charitable donations, what you have is inconsistent laws, right? And that's no good. Mm-hmm. And so it's a it's a very protected First Amendment right that uh, what's called panhandling is, but the states don't care. They they outlaw it. Local communities outlaw it all the time, right? Uh-huh. But it turns out. Uh, and they said they were going to write this guy a ticket for panhandling and then asked him to move along. And uh, it turns out the city or, and the state of Georgia both didn't have a panhandling uh, citation on the, on the <laughs> books. Yeah. And so that they, they gave him uh, something like breach of the peace and uh, loitering or something like that, right? 
Mm-hmm. And he's about to sue those, uh, the chief of police, a captain, and then a, a patrol agent. We're all there, and they all signed off on that. And they're about to get fucking sued into oblivion, right? Because that is an obvious violation of the First Amendment that has case law backing it up so that they can't be uh, mm-hmm. retreating behind the, uh, what's yeah. it called? The, <laughs> the, uh, the presumption that officers are doing uh, the right thing. What's that called? The um... Not a good Samaritan. That's no, for no, everyday it... people, right? Yeah, no, uh, it, the, uh, oh, it doesn't matter. But there's a doctrine, a legal doctrine that says unless there is a clearly established case law that can show that that is a violation of the, uh, the Constitution, that officers are protected uh, uh, from lawsuit, right? And that decision was made in like the 70s, right? And so mm-hmm. anything new basically can't be held against them. Things with cameras, things with phones, things with all these things don't have a clearly established case law because it happened 50 years after the case law stopped being written, right? Uh-huh. And even when new cases are uh, written so that they can be included into the into the lore basically and cops can then be handled for that, uh, the state will go out of its way to settle it and settle it with big amounts of money so that they, that case doesn't get on the books and they can continue to violate people's rights and that they'll just settle it again someday. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's probably what's going to happen here anyways. Yeah. Somebody's going to get bribed. Yeah. And then the, the courts will look down on you if you don't take a generous settlement, right? They'll, they'll uh-huh. be like, well, because you didn't take the generous settlement that we don't think that you're entitled to as much. And, that is, again, just to repress the left, right? Like, all mm-hmm. this official, layered official repression of the left. I don't know how anybody could say that America is anything but a fascist fucking country. Well, they uh, they sure do, and they do it often, and, and they do it loud, and man, it's annoying. Uh, I know this uh, has gone on for a bit, but one of the articles that I put in the, uh, the chat is also related to this. Mm. And it's a, a bill that the uh, Americans have just put up that the uh what's it called the uh the military religious freedom foundation which is a uh <laughs> yeah so th- these are no th- these are the good guys the military religious freedom foundation are uh, a group of about 80,000 people and what they try to do is protect the right of all soldiers to not uh believe right you don't have to participate in prayer you don't have to go to church on sunday you don't have to do that shit right right okay the, all right there are atheists in foxholes and oh, so yeah. I believe it. The uh what this new bill that the Americans have put in is that all officers now have the right to ask you if you need uh a religious accommodation at all. And uh so what the pr- uh, point of that is, if an officer can ask you if you need religious accommodation and then you say no, then they know you're not religious if you're white basically, right? And then you, mm-hmm. and then they can hold that against you and prevent you from entering their cliques, right? Because th- uh, you're not one of them. You know what I mean? Right. And so, even though this is uh, being presented as like, well, we want to be able to accommodate our Muslim and Sikh brothers who are serving in the military, right? That's how this yeah. is being trotted out. And or you know, maybe the Catholics need a a, a differing uh, chaplain or something like that. And it's just just so that they can fuck with the left just a little bit more, right? Well, I, I mean, indirectly, yeah, I agree. No, that's the direct uh, intended consequence. They don't give a fuck about the Sikhs or the Catholics. No, no, no. But I think you were, I think you were more bang on earlier when you said it's to keep um, non-religious people out of the club, like yeah. to make sure their officer corps is religiously motivated. Yeah, and their sergeant corps, more, uh, more importantly. Yeah. Right? 
the uh, the E four Mafia enlisted number four is what the the sergeants are called in the U.S. military. What the U.S. military calls the sergeant corps is the E four Mafia. And calling anybody a mafia in the military is bad is a bad look, right? But <laughs> yeah. then when they're associated with like this southern religious extremism, this Yal Qaeda type fucking experience, I don't know. It, it makes them a joke institutionally, right? Like how can you have men who just disrespect the command chain to that extent that they're gonna do whatever the fuck they want religiously, right? Oh yeah. oh no, no, Jacob, you're way off. They don't disrespect the command chain. God is above all else. <laughs> The officer corps, uh, like the top echelons of the officer corps, they don't believe that. They're mostly liberal. What's his name? You ever seen uh, Mark Milley do the uh, – nope. he was interviewed by the Senate. And uh, the, uh, he has this line where he's like, I've read Mao. I've read Lenin, right? Uh, does mm-hmm. that make me a communist? And it's uh, like, no, but it does make you a bad reader. But the point is the uh, – <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the point of the uh, bringing it up is that these people are not only see themselves as educated, but they've really invested uh, a lot into their own mythos too, right? So even if they do believe in God to that extent, which a lot of them do, that they have this mental barricade against committing to something like that because they see themselves as like the inheritors of civilization. And that divide between religious barbarism and rationalism is all that keeps us from, you know, the animals in the third world or something like that. That's how they'd think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Uh, for now out of curiosity jacob where did you learn about the e4 mafia uh tiktok oh interesting because i i read about them on instagram yeah the uh Uh, when i was doing is it just us getting these kinds of targeted ads or is the whole platform shifting like sliding right oh the whole platform sliding right uh and it's not just the platform right it's basically all media institutions and they're yeah. having a, this like spiral effect cnn is one of the main instigators of it they've made an official policy to push to the right a little bit oh and what that does is like all those comment like a lot of uh how the youtube political shows are is they'll take these clips from the mainstream media and then do commentary and debate among them right yeah and so yeah. If all these talking points are shifting to the right it just makes everything the overton window uh, yeah. the the space that's uh, acceptable dialogue just shifts that little bit to the right and it makes everything else seem a little more right but i found it when i was doing my research for those uh military tiktokers uh thing yeah they, yeah they complain about the e4 mafia a lot the uh the click lockers. Yeah. That was good. It was all right. I could oh. have done better. I was rubbing my eyes. <laughs> Took me a minute there. Um, cool. Cool. Yeah. So everything sucks uh, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And um, how about those? Uh, how about those officers? What about? <laughs> what, are, what are they up to this time? What are they? Those crazy guys. I don't know who we're talking about. The four mafia. I was hoping you'd just pick one out of your hat and then we'd figure it out. <laughs> uh, no, I, I know where we can steer the show. Cluster For, munitions or what? The, the most based kind of munitions that there are, yeah. Yeah, the cluster munitions. <laughs> uh, do you guys, uh, I saw it on uh, CNN this morning, but I, uh, I, I, know, I knew this already that most of the world has signed that this is a war crime, right? Yep. <laughs> there. I, ha- I actually have the Wikipedia page. Just give me a second here. That the, uh, like, all, like, almost the entire world has signed that this is completely unacceptable uh, and a, a crime against humanity. There are, uh-huh. there are 108 signatories, right? 
The, uh, and I was going to do this bit where I read off a few, but I feel like this will make the point. In alphabetical order, the first member to sign is Afghanistan, and then the last <laughs> member to sign is Zambia, right? It's like all of Africa, Canada, all of South America, all of Western Europe, uh, Australia, like basically the whole world has uh, decided these are fucked and we want nothing to do with them, right? Yeah. And uh, they're not even being honest in the mainstream media about what these munitions do, right? Uh-huh. All, all day I've been hearing about how these are cluster bomblets and that they explode on impact, right? <laughs> They're supposed to, that's for sure. Yeah, but then what they admit to you that the problem might be that some of them are duds, right? And then that's a threat to civilians. Uh-huh. That is bullshit, right? The uh, is, is it not? No, it's bullshit. The uh, what's it called? The the Turks have invented a new type of uh, munition, uh, uh, cluster munitions, that some of them blow up, and then the other uh, the other half oh. of them are mines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, le- yeah. They leave mines in the field. The only reason that this is useful, you're never going to get enough troops in the in an area size, like 100 feet by 100 feet, uh, that this these cluster munitions blow up. You're never going to get enough infantry in one area like that that it'll be worth it, right? That you're going to kill enough guys to make those the price of those shells worth it. But what it does make is area denial, um, movement denial, reaction denial, the ability yeah. to control where your enemies funnel through. A very serious threat because you just make uh, certain segments of uh, land impassable and you never have to go near them to make them impassable, right? Setting mines is a dangerous thing because you might be hit with a machine gun along the front lines. But what if I just set the mines with an artillery shell from 15 kilometers away, right? Like, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. And the types of the, the Turks were the first ones to invent this uh, munitions and they started delivering them to the Ukraine in uh, January. And uh, they have, uh, they prefer the mines, and what they do is they uh, put two different types of mines. These really, really small uh, explosives that are anti-infantry. I'm sure you've seen them. They look like wing nuts almost, right? And uh, they they just do a little explosion. They're supposed to injure a, a person so that they they're basically they blow off a foot or something like that. Yeah. And they go everywhere, and you basically can't see them. And then there's another type that's slightly larger. It's round. And uh, it's a shape charge, and it's for destroying fucking uh, vehicles while they go over, right? So they'll have, like, the road peppered with these vehicle mines, and then everywhere around it with these infantry mines. It's, it's, just, it's just crazy. It's crazy. I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we said we were going to make Ukraine the next Afghanistan, so mm-hmm. let's fucking go. We've got uh, other places to turn into Afghanistan. Yeah. yeah, we don't have all day here, folks. Come on, let's pick it up. The, uh, the what's it called? The move to send these fucking uh, cluster munitions to is basically an admission that uh, Ukraine's lost this war and uh, the offensive has failed, the counteroffensive, yeah. and that uh, now we're looking to one keep the Ukrainians in as much land as possible, and two just slowly bleed these Russians until they come to the talking table, right? Yeah, and it, it it's just. I mean, I guess it's the decision that uh, that is demanded uh, by, like, the security apparatus. But does Joe Biden not see what's going on on TV? There's this interview of Donald Trump on CNN, right? This young white woman. And she's like, 
uh, do you support Ukraine in this war, uh, President Trump? And he's like, I want people to stop dying. And then she gets really, <laughs> she gets really serious, right? And it, uh-huh. it's like, like he's just committed, I don't know, uh, blasphemy or some yeah. shit, right? And <laughs> and she's like, wait, no, this is very important, Mr. Trump. Uh, I need you to answer the question: Do you or do you not support the Ukrainians in this war? Uh-huh. And he just goes right back at her. I want people to stop dying, right? And then the <laughs> the crowd goes wild, right? Yeah. Like, woo, right? Yeah. Like, how? So he gets to be the good guy now, which is awesome. He is the good guy there. Like, I, I don't know what else to say, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't know how warped your mind has to be by liberal ideology that when someone says, uh, I want people to stop dying, that you can't recognize that that's the moral stance, right? Like, how... In the clouds, do you have to be about you know competition with China and the uh, the orchestrating of NATO forces and the uh, keeping in line of the Polish, but also uh, maintaining relations with the Germans, right? So, like that's where that kind of security uh, conclusion comes from. But at other times, you got to be like, no, there are political considerations here, right? And it is uh, what's it called? Um, uh, y- undigestible for the public to they will not swallow uh deaths just for like i don't know a minor strategic edge against russia in the long term right all all projections show russia falling apart as a federation and turning into like uh associated cities across siberia right and the tatars carving out their own state in the middle of russia dividing it in two right that they're demographic and uh resource collapse will be so complete uh, in 20 years that they will cease to exist as a nation right and yet we're like well we got to kill a couple more russians just to make you know speed things a bit along right like we don't need to do that we've won we the russians are not going to be world hegemon ever they can't do it they have not enough space they'd have not enough people they have not enough stuff in that space and yet we're we're you know, trying to min-max how many fucking Russians we killed. 300,000 we've already gotten. Yeah, but that's the classic Hoi Force strat. You gotta just go with the meta. <laughs> yeah. No, the meta is always politics. You know, I war is easy. Politics is harder. Um, yeah, I don't know. What's that famous quote? I forget who said it. Uh, Klauswitz probably like the reason there is peace for any amount of time is because of some one person working tremendously hard to keep it sorry i I don't think that's close fits i uh might be that was obama who knows i i don't like that yeah i think you're right uh peace is uh peace is just a lower level of violence that's all their countries are never not at war with each other in my opinion because that they're they're so afraid of each other and uh, we don't know who each other what each other's intentions are that you always have to stay on a war footing and because of that it always spirals and there's an intense competition for resources too right if Canada and America and Australia and the UK went on a jog for a little bit where they dropped all interest rates and encouraged people to have huge numbers of families and started producing weapons out the ass, just not worrying about the consequences, the rest of the world would respond in kind, right? And then, therefore, any advantage that we could have over that would be negated, uh, mostly, in any future war because they would have prepared similarly. And so... Eh, I don't know. I think you just got to go crazy. (laughs) 
We just are. go all we out. Are. Just one of these times. That's basically what happened for World War II, right? That the Germany uh, started rearming, right? And that they lost because everyone noticed and we started rearming too, right? Like that they didn't have enough time uh, to get all the weapons out that they needed to conquer the uh, area that they needed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's just, it's just so stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. These yeah, it sure is. Yeah. Yeah. What the heck? What gives? Geography and shit, culture and stuff. Get rid of that. Asinine yeah. bullshit. After World War One, everyone said, "Let's do a world government." Fuck this shit. Right. This is nuts. Right. And the Americans. Only the Americans. Actually, the American president, Woodrow Wilson, was like, yeah, we can do that. And then he couldn't mm-hmm. get the Republicans to sign on to it in Congress. Woodrow Wilson was a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to find these Turkish munitions so I can talk about them a little more. <laughs> it it sounds awful, these munitions. It sounds whatever. But at the end of the day, if they win and they use them, then it's not so war crimey anymore, is it? <laughs> Americans got away with it with shotguns in the trenches. The dual-purpose improved conventional munition, the DPICM, is an artillery or uh, surface-to-surface missile warhead designed to burst into sub-munitions at an optimal uh, altitude and distance from the desired target for dense area coverage. So, sorry, I gotta stop you. They took the designs for a nuke and put them in a bullet? (laughs) Yeah, Mervs. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. They, oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> that's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, subs <laughs> some sub uh, munitions may be designed for delayed reaction or mobility denial mines. Yeah, that's a nice way to say that, though. That's very polite. Mm-hmm. Mobility denial. Mobility I think that's too denial. polite. <laughs> that doesn't deserve such polite language. In fact, yeah, if you, you try to be mobile, you're losing a foot, pal. <laughs> you stay right there. Yeah. Well, that was uh, faster than it should have been. What do we want to talk about for the last little bit? Um, I think I'm going to become a Sinophile. A Sinophile? Yeah. yeah, like a weeaboo, but for China. Is there a better yeah. word than Sinophile? I like Sinophile uh, better than whatever you could come up with because I bet you'd be racist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, what's it called? Uh, a walk lover? Um, uh, I don't know. Um, a a, a, a Zeaboo? A walk wonk. <laughs> a walk. Uh, um, a boxer? Oh, that's boxer? good. Boxer? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about the Boxer Rebellion, but. It, it was good. a it was a massacre. That's all you need to know. It was awful. And they all had big soft gloves on their hands. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll get to that part I don't later. Think get very far with that revolution, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, funny you say that. Was um, was the guy who claimed to be Jesus's brother in that revolution, or was that earlier? Yep, yeah, that's that oh, was that right that before it. Oh, yeah. Okay. He, I, he, I that, that's like attributed to the spark of the boxer rebellion. Yeah. That's what I thought. Big respect yeah. to him. Um, but, uh, Julian, why, why do you say that? I don't know. It's going to be the Chinese century, right? Oh no. When? Yeah. Starting, <laughs> this, starting this when? Some, this one? Sometime. Currently? Yeah. I don't okay, know. Okay. So it's going to start. It's, oh. it's, it's unfolding slowly. Here's, here's, there's two little news bits that brought me to this one. Yeah. Okay. 
Tesla reaffirming their commitments to the core socialist values in China. <laughs> like, that was very, very funny. I, I don't think that shows the strength of the Chinese party, though, as much as Tesla's weakness. Go ahead. Well, yeah. You take what you can get. Yeah. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, actually, there's three. Uh, the second one huh. was China's apparently squirreled away just like $3 trillion somewhere. Oh, okay. Like, great move. Good I move. love that. That's that's yeah. how I treat money as well. Mm-hmm. Put mm-hmm. It all under, Who does on these days? You make one really big mattress and put your uh, strategic fund under there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Hold what was the, wall? The, the third item? Oh, like... Uh, oh, I don't remember the details, but... All the like the S and P five hundred, I think, yeah, do almost ten percent of all their business in China now, and that number just keeps going up. Yeah, I think I think we might actually pass the torch here in a in a in a reasonable way. That I mean, is I'm just, just not going to happen. Every no, time, I know, but it uh, looks uh, better than I thought it would. Uh, every moment. time a growing power seeks to surpass a dominant power, the dominant power, uh, what's it called? manipulates events so as to create a conflict between the two of them. Yep. The, uh, and I mean, with what's going on in the South China Sea, I, like, there's room for that too. But. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? China is expected to completely surpass America uh, economically in every way by 2025. Yeah. And Really? That's yeah. soon, eh? Yeah, and uh, that'll be the year the Americans decide that's, uh, that's too much there, compadre. Yeah, and they'll, stay they'll out of Vietnam's waters. What's his name? Narendra Modi, uh, the Indian prime minister. He was just a yeah, he, uh, Hindu <laughs> Hitler, as we like to call him here. He, uh, he was at the White House recently. And basically uh, what they talked about were these nothing burger uh, economic investments America decided to promise. You know, two million mm-hmm. here, a billion here, 20 million there uh, for just investment in India's industrial plan, right? But the only reason that you could be doing that is that you're gearing up to find some far, uh, find some friends to jump the Chinese with, right? And the, mm-hmm. the way I would do it is I would have the Indians try and push them in Tibet because that strains their logistical systems. I'd have the Vietnamese uh, fight them on land because, you know, all those Chinese troops will just die of disease in those south uh, tropical uh, jungles, basically. There's no way to go back and forth with an army between Hanoi and uh, say Guangzhou, your men will just die of malaria and shit like that on the way. And then the I thought third... they, I thought they stopped that. I thought that was like a, like a Qing era thing. I Didn't mean, they figure that out already? We have the ability as modern people to stop that, right? But the financial investment to keep all of your troops from uh, having that all the time, while you're feeding them and watering them and provisioning them for battle across hundreds of miles of transport like that. That's out of the reach of almost every country on Earth. And then third is the Japanese. The Japanese Navy is the second strongest Navy on their Earth. And uh, I'd just sick the three of them on uh, China one day. I'd provoke the Japanese into getting into it with the Chinese first. So they're, they're, it's a naval action at first. And then it would spill over into the other two countries. And then the, uh, those three, with very, very, very limited uh, American help, they could topple China. Tibet would be freed. Uh, <laughs> Inner Mongolia would be given... Back to Mongolia. <laughs> Jacob, you fool. You've activated my trap card. Go ahead. <laughs> Flips over a card. It just has the face of Kim Jong-un on it. Yeah. <laughs> the the Koreans have, uh, what's it called, land claims that uh, extend into North China. But I think that the uh, 
they'll try and uh, give the, that northeast China section as much as they can to Mongolia as possible, perhaps even trying to get them a sea um, attachment for Mongolia when China collapses. Cause that, oh, that's just asking for bad news. Well, Japan will eat it. Uh, no, because last then, time they had a they had an ocean. Hoof. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, it's okay. The typhoons will get them again. No. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, what you don't think that's not gonna happen? There's typh- no way. A typhoon cannot sink a forty thousand heli- a forty thousand ton helicopter carrier. You know what I mean, like having a, these are these it, are changing times. It kind of yeah, the door open. Ex- extreme weather occurrences are getting <laughs> dare i say more extreme when when the uh the typhoons the uh what's it called the kamikaze sa- uh, saved the japanese from the mongolians the biggest mm. ship that the mongolians would have floated would have been like 1500 tons like tops made of wood uh, with sa- uh, sails easy to tip over this is 40,000 tons of steel and like the most compact and ocean-ready vessel of, that modern man can put forward. Literally hey. nothing but another carrier can sink those things. Uh, it's the ocean. Mm. It's scary. It's Yeah. It's Plus, we don't know what the orcas are going to do yet. Yeah. Hey, that's true. They haven't picked a side yet. Remind Julian, me... have, you, Go ahead. have you gotten much uh, into uh, the Chinese boy bands at all? No, I didn't realize uh, China had that's... music. That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna pitch. I okay. didn't realize that China had music is the most xenophobic statement I've ever. I heard. thought they were all about their movies and plays and stuff. I didn't. Uh, I'm learning. That's the first step of a true sinophile. Right. Yeah, I didn't know cultures had music. Were <laughs> mine. Um, now, next thing I know, you're gonna fucking tell me Saudi Arabia plays golf or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, is there a boy band you recommend, DJ? Um, honestly, I don't know any by name. I just know they're out there trying to compete with K-pop oh, and I see. losing. Uh, most of their talent leaves to go to Korea to yeah. join a Korean boy band. That makes sense. Uh, so China's having a real struggle. Japan, too. It's the funniest shit. that <laughs> They have all these like talented people that are just like, nah, Korea does it better. Yeah, yeah. bye. K-pop, K-pop does reign supreme on that side of the earth. Even starting to extend its tendrils into America pretty Oh, oh those yeah. tendrils are deep. They're here. <laughs> um, I, you know, talking about how unsinkable the carrier was uh, reminded me that this week I was supposed to do my takedown of Matt Christman's uh, Hell on Earth. Uh, that mm, Julian takedown. So, yeah. But uh, oh, I'm going to love I, that. <laughs> I'm going to save it for next week. Um, what? Takedown? The only, uh, the only way that people like me and Matt Christman uh, can engage with each other is... Uh, in a manner that is productive is to try and big dog each other. Like, uh, <laughs> I can, I can say that I loved last week that, uh, Felix and Matt Kreisman both shit on Lex Fridman, who is a, uh, a YouTube interview guy, like a Joe Rogan esque style of interview, but he wears a suit and he's a young kid and he tries to be really professional. Uh-huh. But I think Lex Fridman is the dumbest motherfucker on the face of the planet. And only that kind of confrontational nature from both us, uh, here at Left Look and them at Chapo Trap House can lead to that kind of production. Like, yeah, I do hate Lex Fridman too. But yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna be pretty negative about his show. It was great. I listened to all 10 hours really intently, right? I'll give it its due like that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, the ship, uh, it reminds me of the Vasa, which is a, a Swedish ship. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, Charles the 12th, I think. Uh, 
tried to float and it was like the biggest ship that had been ever been floated in the Baltic Sea at that time. And they, mm-hmm. uh, they sailed it out of port in Stockholm and it just got out of the uh, view of people and it tipped over and sank. The cannon, the cannon ports were open and water rushed in and oh, <laughs> just sank to see it after all that investment. But so I was thinking about maybe I'm overconfident like that with the carriers. And then I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Those Don't carriers. look at my Vasa. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just wait. I did want to also say, Julian, uh, uh, you did a great job uh, the other week uh, recording over our uh, me and DJ's <laughs> solo episode. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to uh, assure you that I had already deleted the name that you were looking oh, for that you couldn't okay. find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Anything else this week for the uh, listeners, boys? I did have something to say about. Oh, that's right. So since Musk and uh, what's his face Zuckerberg oh, yeah. aren't, aren't going to fight, um, oh, why yeah. don't we get you and that other guy in the ring, Matt Christman and me? Fight. Yeah, yeah. Just if you're gonna big, if you're gonna big dog each other, as you say, just just go at it. Just let <laughs> the you, dogs loose. Have you heard of chess boxing? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, uh, you, I'm not going to explain it. The uh, can you imagine we do something similar? Let we pick like a historical period, and we're going to do like a leftist uh-huh. interpretation of it, uh, a three part Oxford style debate where he does a five uh-huh. minute opening, I do a five minute opening, and then we do uh-huh. a round of UFC, and then we do rebuttals, yep. and then we do another <laughs> round of UFC. Now that's entertainment. <laughs> I've I've just inferred what chess boxing must be. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's pretty crazy. We need more. We need more sports like that. that They're just a little bit, a little bit bonkers. Little chess boxing is. Uh, I love chess boxing because it's supposed to be like the pinnacle of human, or it's actually uh, male fucking excellence, right? That yeah. you're going to be physically dominant and mentally dominant, right? And that's yep. that's pretty cool. Like that's an excellence that we should all be okay to uh, try and enjoy together, right? As opposed yeah. to something like the UFC, which I am just evolutionarily attracted to but like in my heart of hearts i know this should be so illegal like so (laughs) fucking illegal it really should but hey it's televised so yeah money 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 put your money on zuckerberg by the way for that one zuckerberg would crush i can't wait to see it too it's not happening that's gonna be the first thing zuckerberg has ever like really truly earned and deserved in his life and everyone loves him for doing it and he's just like been hated by everybody his whole life that's great the uh they won't do it though. Elon Musk's mom said he couldn't do it. <laughs> I, I swear to you, it was a tweet. <laughs> Don't believe you. Yeah, uh, I can't. Yeah, Elon's mom tweeted, and then basically he was like, "Oh, I can't," and then like quote tweeted it because Jesus. of this. Isn't that nuts? Oh, Mommy man. said no. I love living in this world. I know I'm I, depressed sometimes, but oh my god, then stuff watched, like that happens. I watched Zuckerberg uh, do a little bit, bit of fighting, like Felix from Chapo Trapez, um, and he's not bad. He's not terrible. Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's not physically gifted. I think uh, anybody with any real talent could just outspeed and overpower him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, we'll never know. Yeah, we'll bring you more coverage on that next week, maybe, or other right. stuff. Summer's coming. <laughs>